Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's edition of the SEC Football Show. I am Chris Landry, taking you through the conference game by game, team by team, week in and week out during the season. We're heading into week 10. We've got to take a look back at week 9, what happened, give out game balls, kind of get you ready for this week and next week. The next couple of weeks are going to be huge in this conference. We're going to get to all of that and much more. Want to thank the folks at 401k Generation for sponsoring this podcast. If you have a business and wish to set up a 401k for your employees, or if you left a job that had a 401k and you wish to roll it over to an IRA, they can help you. In fact, if you have any questions on money management, investment inquiries, or just want to speak with someone to see if you're on track to with your financial goals, Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation is who you need to reach out to today. Call Eddie and his team, reach by phone or by text, at 1-866-998-5879. Eddie's a huge football fan, so you have that in common. He's a pro's pro that can help you reach your financial goals. You want to give him a call today. Again, that number to call or text is 1-866-998-5879. We are so thrilled to partner with someone like that. In fact, we are in conversations with others who are interested in promoting their business with us. We're looking for good fit. So if you feel you and your business are the right fit and want to get the word out about your business, contact us today. Go to LandryFootball.com and hit Contact Chris on the top bar. Send me an email, and TJ will be in touch with you to discuss it further. If you like this podcast, we hope you do. Check out all our all of our other conference podcasts as well as our Tuesday and Thursday college football podcasts and our NFL podcast. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out From the Peak to the Pit where TJ Pittenger and Allie Peak discuss college football and beyond. Um, a lot of great things going on at the big three roll-up family of podcasts. You got a question that you want me to address on this podcast or other podcasts, send it in. Go to LandryFootball.com. Send it in. I'll address it right here. Speaking of LandryFootball.com is where you want to go for unique film room insights from a coach scout standpoint 
uh, to take you inside the film room to evaluate the players, teams, coaches, and schemes. Discounts are available. Uh, try and uh, start it out as a member. Try it out for a month, three months. Folks, we got a 50% discount for $49.99 a year, a calendar year. You can get the best insights into the game of football, college and pro, uh, that is around. So, interesting week in the league. Led by the Auburn-LSU game was the big storyline, but big win by Tennessee. What's happened to Missouri? Alabama moves on without Tua. LSU and Alabama go into a bye week. Problems at Mississippi State. I don't know. Where do we start? A lot of places we can start. We're just going to get to it a little bit. We're going to start with the game in Baton Rouge. What happened between LSU and Auburn? LSU wins it 23-20. Defensive performance that was outstanding by Auburn. Um, it limited LSU's productivity, getting the ball in the, in, the, uh, in the end zone. Joe Burrow was very effective in the clutch, made good decisions, used his feet very well. Uh, they, they were not as effective from a point production standpoint because offense, uh, the defense, um, closed throwing windows, got good base pressure. Um, they were eventually – able to run the football pretty well was LSU. Uh, they ran a little bit too much A-gap in short yardage and kind of stymied themselves inside the red zone. But the C and D-gap runs were there, were better options, found a way to have some success running the football eventually. The defense was a story, and now we know that this Auburn offense is not a great offense, but it had been pretty productive. But the defense stepped up for LSU. And – held Auburn to their below-average productivity. Um, LSU won this game with toughness and physicality. The offense responded when it faced adversity. The defense had three sacks, five tackle for losses. Um, they they were prepared very soundly on defense for what Auburn brought to the table. And what they brought to the table um, was an effort that offensively got themselves in a lot of negative plays. Nine third downs in 10-plus yards or more. That led to a lot of negative plays. They were third and 11 was their average third down play. Bo Nix, um, when he threw the football five yards or more downfield, was 419 with an interception. Just not very effective. 146 yards below their season average of offense. Um, they closed it to a one-possession game late, but they really weren't much of a threat even into the second uh, in the second half. Um, they should have gotten three before the half. They had a little bit of momentum. They didn't take advantage of it. I thought D.J. Williams did some good things. The offense just were not able to get on track enough, and they put their defense on the field way too much. It was the difference in the game. And, again, Burrow was able to show the toughness and decision-making that was very effective. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushed for 136 yards and a touchdown. Um, it, was, it was a different way that LSU had to win it. And I think these games are important. Um, LSU had scored no fewer than 36 points in the game this year, but Auburn's defense responded and sacked Burrow three times. And, you know, Burrow didn't flinch. He did what he needed to do. Again, showed good toughness. 
and they made plays defensively, and they found a way to eventually run the football. D.J. Williams, as I mentioned, had some success rushing the football, 130 yards, and uh, they looked like they were primed to go ahead for a touchdown in the third quarter um, when Williams got in the open field at his own 20, but Delpit forced him out of bounds, and, and Auburn couldn't get it in the end zone. They settled for a field goal, made it 13-10. Um, and then, you know, you, you had some opportunities there for Auburn, but they weren't able to capitalize inside the red zone. Um, I thought Nick's did a pretty good job handling the environment better than he did against Florida. It just wasn't very good. Defensively, again, it was good performance, three sacks by LSU. You know, they get ready to go and, and uh, play Alabama. They get a week off. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a really good performance, one in which I think that if Delpit is healthy, he get a little bit of an ankle um, issue late in the game. LSU's primed better than they have been the past several years of playing against Alabama. So they're 8-0 with two weeks off. So we'll see how Auburn, meanwhile, gets Ole Miss. And uh, we'll see how Auburn can finish the season. They've got Georgia. They've got Alabama. We've talked at nauseum about the difficulty of Auburn's schedule, and they're going to face that um, down the stretch. They've still got more of that coming. Um, speaking of Alabama, who LSU plays next after an open date, Alabama gets an open date after they took care of Arkansas. Mac Jones was the story. He took over the starting job with Tua out. thought he ran the team well. They were a, a different-looking offense. They were much more methodical. Uh, they weren't as explosive. Um, the right wide receivers made plays after the catch. Um, Mac got the ball out quickly. He had only four incompletions. They played a lot of players. They played well around Mac Jones. The defense made big plays. It was a good performance. They they didn't hit three touchdown passes. Um, listen, this is a bad Arkansas team. But um, <clears throat> they played well. They played focus. I think the biggest thing is that they continue to play with a focus. The run game hasn't been as consistent, I thought they Najee Harris ran the football pretty well. Um, you know, Arkansas continues to make mistakes and turnovers. It made it worse. They've lost 13 straight to Alabama now. Chad Morris is 0-13 in SEC games. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a mess right now. Um, but for Alabama... It's about getting to a healthy, getting to a ready, and getting ready for LSU. Um, I thought the team stepped around Mac Jones very, very well, as I mentioned. Uh, Nick Starkle didn't play very well. John Stephen Jones got in, played a few games. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 Arkansas looks like they're getting worse and don't have really any answers, so – uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll get into the matchup, obviously, next week. But um, Alabama-LSU looks like it's going to be an outstanding matchup here in a couple of weeks, and one in which LSU is very capable more than previous years. 
of being able to move the football on Alabama. Will it be enough? Don't know. We'll get into that more as next week um, gives us a little bit more information in terms of health. But it ought to be a really one of the game for the ages. Tennessee, big win, 41-21 over South Carolina. Jared Garantano, the much-talked-about uh, Jared Garantano from last week, uh, did a really good job. Boy, they made plays in the passing game. Uh, defensive line was impressive. They are improved. Taylor is outstanding. Um, you know, really good play from the linebacker. Batoli was outstanding. Um, South Carolina scored in the first play of the game. They got the safety move, but they didn't get a whole lot done. Offensively, they hung in there. They had 21 first-half points, but defensively, South Carolina gave up too many big plays. They didn't cover a tackle well in space. They were 0 for 9 on third downs in the second half. Meanwhile, Tennessee just got better as the game went along. The defense improved. The special team scored on a punt return. They scored on a block punt for a touchdown. The passing game was good. The receivers played well, graded out well. The offense was aggressive uh, all game long. The defense was really good in the second half. Jennings was outstanding at receiver. The effort, the physicality, the explosiveness was really good. They had nine plays of over 19 yards um, the passing game. Um, so, really impressive performance. Tennessee's getting better. Garantano certainly rebounded. Tennessee's three and five and two and three. They outscored the Gamecocks 24 to nothing in the second half. Um, some positive signs here. Um, you know, obviously the tough loss against Alabama and how it happened. You know, you could have, um, you know, written that kid off. People could have written him off. People did, not the coaching staff. They know him. The kid worked and uh, did did really got took some big hits. Did a really good job in the face of pressure. Hung onto the ball in the face of pressure. Made some big time throws. So it was really outstanding. Um, and South Carolina again just couldn't cover. They couldn't cover Jennings. They couldn't cover Callaway. Tennessee. Listen, maybe there's a chance for a bowl game. Um, so really good play from the receivers. It was the star of the game. Uh, good, good performance by the Vols. South Carolina, certainly a tough loss, certainly one that gets them thinking about the consistency or lack thereof in the program. I know it's very, very frustrating uh, for those involved there. Speaking of frustration, that's exactly what's going on at Missouri. The offense is stuck in nowhere. Um, they couldn't get anything done to – like third quarter in the game. The defense couldn't tackle Bolden. Lynn Bolden at Kentucky. What an unbelievable job. This guy's a receiver that's throwing it well enough, showing running back skills, tailback skills. He's physical. He's athletic with his feet, um, making some big-time plays. Got some. Got a strip sack defensively. Uh, but Bolden at 204 yards, two touchdowns, just unbelievable this job is done. I mean, what is this guy not doing? Is, you know, maybe not player of the year in the league, but in terms of guy that's just contributing more to his team than anybody's anybody doing as good a job as Lynn Bolton. Unbelievable. Threw a 44-yard strike to Bryce Oliver. Then um, Kowalski Smoke got it in. Got a 6 nothing lead. And, I mean, it, uh, Kelly Bryant. 
uh, not playing all that well. The defense did a nice job. Defense did a nice job against Georgia in the first half. Uh, this is really impressive, really impressive job by this Kentucky team. They're finding a way to get it together. You know, I mean, again, he's he was three for seven for 54 yards, but he ran the football for 200 yards and two scores on 21 carries. They're doing whatever they need to do. And Missouri's certainly not getting anything done offensively with Kelly Bryant or anyone else. And the defense got pressure on him. I got to tell you, I, I, you know, what a great job Mark Stoops continues to do. I mean, he outcoaches people week in and week out. Just so impressed by the job that he does week in and week out. Um, very, very impressive uh, performance. Texas A&M. Gets it done against Mississippi State. Texas A&M ran the football better. Isaiah Spiller was effective. Mons getting better running the football. The defense forced three turnovers. Uh, Wiedemeyer, the freshman tight end, looks like he's going to be a player. They had five touchdowns, three passing, three rushing. And, um, again, Mon was really effective running the football. Made good decisions for Mississippi State. Running game got a little bit better. They played hard, but they're giving up too many plays defensively and not getting enough done on offense. Mon at 234 yards, again, had five touchdowns uh, he was involved in. Schrader threw a 14-yard touchdown pass early. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, uh, again, continues to, to get better and better for A&M. Um, Mississippi State's making too many mistakes. They're not executing very well. They've got Arkansas coming up. What an embarrassment that would be if they lost that game. To be the first team that Arkansas wins that would be tough. Um, A&M looked good, but it's against a struggling Mississippi State team. Uh, State was able to run the football a little bit better than they have. Um, Kylan Hill started to run, run the football pretty well. The turnovers really killed them. That was the difference. Uh, Mississippi State's looking to just get bowl eligible at this point. And, um, you know, A&M got their fifth win, and that's all about – that's all you can say about it. There's just not a whole lot there uh, to really celebrate. Uh, overall, again, you're looking at the league. It's coming down to the next two weeks, folks. We've got <clears throat> Florida, Georgia, which we'll talk about in a second. We've got Alabama, LSU in two weeks, and that's going to determine the East and the West, um, pure and simple. It's coming down about like we thought – with the teams involved, but it looks like that LSU is more of a threat to Alabama than we thought at the beginning of the year. And I would dare say that Florida looks like a bigger threat against Georgia at the beginning of the year. In fact, you maybe could make the case that Florida in some ways is a little bit uh, maybe a favorite. We'll see how that plays out. But some game balls for this week. Got to give a game ball to Jared Garantano. I thought um, – Thought he was outstanding. I thought Kellen Mann was outstanding. <clears throat> Running backs, I thought D.J. Williams of Auburn and Najee Harris was really good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was as well. Um, Kylan Hill of Mississippi State also. Jawan Jennings stood out at receiver. Jamar Chase at LSU did a good job. Shai Smith of South Carolina. And Kendrick Rogers of A&M did a really good job. Jerry Judy was outstanding for the Tide. Marquez Calloway along with Jennings, did a really good job. Tight end, Randy Moss's boy, Thaddeus, did a nice job. Cheyenne O'Grady, one of the bright spots for the Hogs, 
uh, did a really nice job at tackle. Jedrick Wills of Alabama and Tyree Phillips of Mississippi State, along with Alex Leatherwood of Alabama and Austin Deckless of LSU were really good. At guard, Deontay Brown of Alabama and Emil Akafor were really good. Danelle Stanley of South Carolina and Drake Jackson of Kentucky were really good. Defensively, I thought Daryl Taylor of Tennessee was outstanding, um, was really, really good. The guy was uh, – we'll get to the linebacker in a second, but, but Tully was, was ridiculous. Daryl Taylor was really good, um, thought he did a good job. Kayvon Bennett was really good. So both the ends of Tennessee really started to, to play good ball and was a big factor. Chauncey Rivers of Mississippi State and Trail Lewis of Alabama were – outstanding. Glenn Logan played very well on the interior for LSU. Bobby Brown, um, the third, did a good job at A&M. Jordan Elliott, Missouri, in a losing effort were very effective. And Jaden Peavy did some good things for A&M. Probably the player of the week, probably both came from Tennessee. Juwan Jennings on offense and Daniel Batoli of Tennessee was just ridiculous. He had seven stops, 13 total tackles, um, only about three targets in coverage, involved in a punt block for a touchdown. Just phenomenal. Just unbelievable. Nick Bolton of Missouri did a good job. Christian Harris of Alabama continues to improve. Played very well. Shane Lee of Alabama did a nice job. In the secondary, I thought Derek Stingley uh, was outstanding for LSU. Trayvon Diggs for Alabama. Brandon Eccles of Kentucky and Cedric Dort of Kentucky were good as well. The Garrett Warrior played well at safety. For the Vols, Jeremiah Denson of Alabama, Jacoby Stevens of LSU, and uh, Joe Fouché of Arkansas in a losing effort did a good job. And then also thought in nickel, Patrick Sertan did a good job, as well as Kerry Vincent. So those are some game balls for the week in the SEC. So as we kind of take a look at things this week, the, the feature game obviously is Georgia-Florida. Annum's got Texas San Antonio, you know, Arkansas-Mississippi State is a maybe the most winnable game for Arkansas. Mississippi State's got to win it. Vanderbilt-South Carolina, big for South Carolina. Auburn's got to bounce back against Ole Miss. Tennessee's got a tricky game against UAB. Um, so let's start there. UAB's well-coached team, Bill Clark, um, an opportunity for them for them to make a statement. You know, Tennessee has to play well. Got to build off of what they've, they've done. Can't lose a game like this. Got to build on it. And, you know, continue to show how much they've gotten better. You know, you think about it, and we talk about this all the time. You never stay the same, right? Remember uh, firing Jeremy Pruitt. Philip Fulmer is going to take over. All that type of crap that was going on. Jeremy Pruitt's getting it done team is getting better. You never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. Tennessee's getting better. Now, can you continue to get better? Can you continue to build upon it? I think there's a lot of positives to build on, so I'm curious to see how they're able to do it. In a game in which people on the outside may not realize how good UAB is, they're really good, and they're really dangerous, and this is going to be quite the challenge for them, as opposed to, say, A&M, who's got Texas San Antonio, which is more than nothing more than a scrimmage. Auburn gets Ole Miss at home. Ole Miss trying to look for their offense to step up and maybe see if they can't get Auburn miss a line and get some running game going. Uh, Auburn, I would expect, 
to respond, play better on offense, and take care of this game. South Carolina's got a rebound after a tough loss to Tennessee and get back on track against Vanderbilt, who's struggling in their own right. Uh, I, I think outside of Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State Arkansas is big because of the fact that Arkansas is desperate for a win, trying to figure out a way to get back on track. Um, 0-13 under Chad Morris, as we said. Mississippi State struggling big time, making a lot of mistakes, uh, got the running game going. This is a game in which Mississippi State wins if they don't turn the football over and play dumb football. This would be an alarming loss, and and I think a very damaging loss. And in terms of embarrassment, it would show the signs that, wait a minute, the wheels are coming off in Starkville. And it may not be the case, but that's going to be the perception if they lose to this Arkansas team. And we all know the danger. If you don't play well and you turn the football over, teams can get confident, and teams that have not played well for some time, all of a sudden can turn around and begin to do some good things. So we'll see how this plays out as it's a big game. Florida, Georgia. Let's get into it. What do we know about Georgia? Been very solid on defense. It's going to be a challenge for Florida to move the football on them. Florida under Dan Mullen, does a really good job of challenging you defensively. They do a really good job of crafting a way to move the football. I think that they're going to look for big play opportunities, but they're going to want to play ball control. I get a feel that these this game is going to be about two teams that are going to want to control the football. Avoid the mistakes at all costs. Maximize your possessions. Field position critical. Of course, turnovers always critical. I think Florida's gonna gonna move the football fairly effectively. Not gonna be explosive, but they're gonna find a way, get enough out of the passing game. Can they get enough out of the running game is the key. On the other side, defensively, Florida's going to be back healthy with two defensive ends, both of their defensive ends. Zaning and Grenard back. They're going to be in better position to set the edge and get upfield, rush the passer, collapse the pocket. What is Georgia going to do offensively? What changes have they made? Um, Are they going to be able to – and are they going to be willing to try to stretch the field vertically a little bit more? Uh, are they going to run the football? Can can Florida hold up against the run? All those things are interesting. Are keys. I don't see this game getting decisive. Un- unless, and the variable always is, unless you turn the football over. Unless you make it one-sided by the way you're playing, turn the football over and make it easy for the opponent. I don't see this game getting one-sided. I think this game's going to be close. I think it's going to be very competitive. And I think it's going to come down 
to key possessions in the fourth quarter and who makes mistakes, I can tell you this. Florida will be aggressive. Dan Mullen will take chances. That's what he does. That's what he believes. And he's going to live and die with that. But he's not going to be bashful. Kirby is more likely to be conservative. He's more likely to play close to the vest, wait for the mistake, and pounce on it. You know, people will be critical of Kirby if he loses a game like this. In fact, they're going to go ballistic, and particularly if they're not able to stretch the field in the passing game. Here's the bottom line with Georgia. As I study them all year long, I see an issue as it relates to the passing game, not play calling, but the the ability to get open by the receivers, it's limiting what they are comfortable doing on offense. You know, people say, well, you got to stretch it. You, gotta, you can't just run in a brick wall. If Georgia can't run it effectively, then they're not going to win because Georgia will not win big games down the stretch unless they're able to run the football. And a big part of being able to run it is that you've got to have some pass game success. You know, Georgia can block well up front, and I think they can protect well enough up front. I think the quarterback has to make good plays, and I think he can make good plays, and he can make good plays under pressure if the receivers can win and get open and be where they're supposed to be. That's the challenge. That's the variable that will determine whether Georgia wins the game or, in a disappointing fashion, relative to their fan base, loses the game. And whether Georgia is a real threat and, hey, they learned and improved from the South Carolina game or this is real. Because the loser of this game is done. The winner of this game is going to win the East. The loser of this game If it's Florida, there'll be disappointment. There are Florida fans listening to this podcast. I know you're going to be disappointed if you don't win. You've got every reason to believe you can win and will win. But I think if you look back on it, let's say in a couple of months, if you play well, you go on to win the rest of your games, it's been a successful season. You're overall not as talented as Georgia. But in some areas, you match up pretty well. Overall, not as good. But you got a backup quarterback that's playing very well. You don't have great backs, but you're finding a way to run the football well enough. You're making enough plays out of the passing game. You've played good defense even when you've had a couple of key guys out of the game. And you're not overly depth. This is just one hell of a well-coached team. And you got to look at the future as, hey, the expectation, maybe by Florida fans, they, they expected they would win. But from a personnel standpoint, this, this should be Georgia's division. So I think Florida's going to play aggressive and easy. Now, again, this is not how Florida's looking at it, but this is overall, objectively, how I think is rea- what I think is reality. I think there's a lot of pressure on Georgia. I mean, this is their season. If Georgia loses this game, the East is over. Certainly, any shot of the playoffs were over. And anything less than winning the SEC 
and going to the playoffs would be considered a disappointment in Georgia. This season is officially a disappointment if Georgia loses. It's not a disappointment if Florida loses. Florida fans may be disappointed, but it won't be a disappointing season. It won't be an underachieving. So it ought to be a really good one. We're going to break it down on LandryFootball.com in full details, all the strategy, all the personnel matchups. Uh, we're going to get into it, get into it big time for you. So we hope you enjoyed it. want to remind you again about a couple of things. This podcast, so appreciative to be brought to you by the great folks at 401K Generation. They can help you with anything related to financial investment, money management issues. Whether you got a business and you want to set up a 401K for your employees or you had a job and you had a 401K and you wish to roll it over to an IRA, whatever the case, they can help you. If you have any questions at all on money management, investment inquiries, call Eddie Rojas and the folks at 401K Generation. You can reach them via phone or text at one 866 998-5879. Again, that's 1-866-998-5879. Again, if you have an interest in perhaps partnering up with us, promoting your business, if you think you're a good fit, contact us. We'd love to talk with you, and we'll see if it's a good fit. We'll have TJ get in touch with you. Go to LandryFootball.com, hit Chris on the top bar, send me an email, and we'll get you um, connected with him. Check out LandryFootball.com for our film room insights and coaching and scouting perspective. The discounts are available. Try it out for a month, three months. Calendar year is the best discount. Take advantage of it today. Check out our other podcasts, all of our conference podcasts, our national college and NFL podcasts. Uh, got a question, send it to me at LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris. So appreciate you joining us. Going to be a fun weekend. Next week, we'll know where the East is likely headed. We'll get you ready for LSU-Alabama. Going to get deep dive into the film room. A lot of good football left remaining in the SEC. A lot of drama. Folks, there is no question. The one sidebar that's going to hover over the LSU-Alabama game is with the loss by Oklahoma. There is a good chance that the loser of LSU Alabama still is in the national playoff race. In fact, not just in the race, but maybe in a prime position to get one of those spots over an Oregon, over a um, Oklahoma. I think the loser of Penn State, Ohio State could also be in that situation. So uh, it may not be do or die in that game next week, but it is going to be significant in a lot of ways. So we are going to break that game down and give you the perspective. Next week also, we'll have the first official rankings that we're going to be able to break down for you and kind of forecast where things are and where they're likely to be. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Spread the word about this podcast. Spread the word about all the podcasts. Spread the word about LandryFootball.com. Spread the word. We appreciate you joining us. Talk to you next week on another edition of the SEC Football Show. I'm Chris Landry. Thanks for joining, everybody.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.